Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to episode 4 of Conversations in the Quran. Here we're going to talk about hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We'll start with a hadith. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, La yu'minu ahadakum, that none of you truly believes until you love me more than you love anybody else. More than you love anybody else. It's hadith collected by Imam Bukhari. Now how do we know if we have this in our hearts? How do we know if we've reached that level that we actually love somebody, the Prophet more than your own parents, more than the people that you know, that the people that held you when you were young, that fed you when you were hungry, that picked you up when you fell down, or more than your own children, your children that you hug, your children that you, you take to the park, your children that you put to sleep at night. Yet there's somebody that we love more than this. How is this possible to love the Prophet ﷺ to this level? And why do I mention these things? At the end of this verse here, that the verse that we're going to be talking about, the Prophet ﷺ, he mentions that we'll be raised with those whom we love. How do we really know who we love? How do we really know what our hearts have in them? The Prophet ﷺ told us, Anta ma'aman ahbabt. That a person will be with those whom he loves. And Anas ibn Malik comments on this hadith in Sahih Muslim and he says that we were never as companions happier than when we heard this hadith of the Prophet He said, I love the Prophet I love Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, I love Umar ibn Khattab. And because of my love for them, I hope that I will be with them in the Akhirah. He said that my actions, they are not as big as theirs, they're not as great as theirs, but out of my love for them, I hope that I will be with them on that day. The day that you know, money will not help, the day that children will not help. The day when a man will run away from his brother. On that day, who will we be with? Who will we be with on that day? The Prophet ﷺ gave us many indications as to what will happen. And Allah mentions uh, a particular verse here which we're going to go through in the Quran. Where Allah tells us that a person with a pure heart will be successful on that day. A person whose heart is filled with the love of Allah, filled with the love of the Prophet So how do we get this? When you love the Prophet Muhammad more than anyone else, it's easy to say. But how do we practically do this? Ibn Abbas even said that the state of our hearts will be brought forth on the Day of Judgment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now preserved for us specific examples of people who were not prophets. They were not messengers. But Allah made them an example for us to show us how we can be as Muslims, how we can relate to the prophets. Now, in this very short time, I want to look at one example. The example of the most or the most successful example we have of showing us how to live like the Prophet how to be like the Prophet how to be with the Prophet in the Akhirah. This is the example of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. The person who is the most beloved to the Prophet as was mentioned in Sahih Bukhari. Now there are three traits that I found in Abu Bakr as-Siddiq that help answer the question we posed. How is it that we can love the Prophet more than anybody else? Now, number one, when we look at Abu Bakr as-Siddiq internally, the Iman he had in his heart, the heart of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, 
our Iman will go up and down naturally. You know, many will find that their Iman this Ramadan maybe was not like how it was previously in last year in Ramadan or in the middle of the year. And when we look at his external acts, how he was in his relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is number two. And number three, how he was in terms of his relationship with others. If we look at Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, we find that he excelled in all of these three areas. The Prophet ﷺ even told us that I call people to Islam. I call people to Islam. Everybody had to think about it. Apart from Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, he's the only one who accepted it straight away. No hesitation, no questions. Imagine being given the name as-Siddiq. This was the name he was given. So strong was his Iman. The Prophet ﷺ said that if the Iman of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was weighed against the Iman of the people of the earth, the Iman of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq would outweigh it. His hadith collected by Ibn Abi Shaybah. Bakr ibn Abdullah, he even mentions that uh, you know, the people, they did not prefer Abu Bakr as-Siddiq because he would pray more than them or because he would fast more than them. But rather, he was preferred because of something inside of his heart. This hadith collected by Muhammad. So what was it in his heart that made Abu Bakr as-Siddiq different from others? He wanted the reward. He knew that this life was nothing in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells in the Quran, Ya laytani, that people will say, I wish that I had done more in this life. Ya laytani, qaddamtu li hayati. I wish that I had done more while I was alive. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, he narrates the famous incident of one of the companions of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, where he said that if a man was to fall down on his face in prostration from the day he was born until the day he died, in obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so he's in sajda, from the day he was born until the day he died, and he was resurrected on the day of judgment, he will wish to be sent back to this life so that he could do more good deeds, so that he could earn more reward. The Iman in one's heart. This was the driving force for Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. And it's an example for us. And it's a cycle. The more good deeds that you do, the more your Iman will increase. And the opposite is also true. Here we know that the Prophet wasallam even mentioned a hadith in, 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 in Sahih Bukhari. Where he said that people will enter Jannah through different gates. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq said, will there be anybody who will enter through all of the gates here, Rasulullah? The Prophet said, Yes, and I hope that you will be amongst from them. That Abu Bakr as-Siddiq will have all of the gates of Jannah, calling him to enter into through them. Are we from the people maybe of Salah? Will we call from the gate of Salah? Are we from the people of charity? Will we call to enter through the gate of charity? Are we from the people of fasting? And how can we achieve this? How can we be like this? Abu Bakr as-Siddiq's focus was the Akhirah. One day in the masjid, the Prophet wasallam, he said, who is fasting? Abu Bakr as-Siddiq's hand went up. Which one of you has followed the janazah? The hand of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq went up. Which one of you has visited a sick person? The hand of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq went up again. The Prophet wasallam said that, Nobody will do all of these things except that they will enter into Jannah. This is the state of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, the Iman he had in his heart. The Iman that he had in his heart. And now Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, when we look at the people he was around, what company did he keep? Who was he with? He was with the Prophet 
We all choose who our friends are. We all choose the circles that we go to, the people that we spend our time with, the things that we do in our lives. And inevitably, they will always have an effect on us. So for the effect, for the Iman in our hearts, we always have to bear this in mind. This will always lead us to somewhere. Will it lead us to the eight gates of Jannah? Do we have something that will pull us towards one of those gates in Jannah? Are we really from the people of Salah? Are we really from the people of Sadaqah? Which gate do we think will call us to enter through it? The second point I wanted to mention over here was Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was able, how was he able to keep his good deeds going? How was he able to keep his good deeds going? You know, it's easy to, to do good deed one day, but then maybe the next day get a bit lax. He was not like this. One of the reasons for this was because of competition. And there's competition in everything nowadays, whether it be in work, whether it be university, getting grades to go to schools, secondary schools, getting grades to go to university, competition in terms of jobs, companies, restaurants, whatever it is. We can't get away from the fact that there is competition, whether we like it or not. The companions, they used to compete against one another as well. But they used to compete for the Akhirah. When was the last time we thought or we competed with somebody for the Akhirah? Who do we compete with for the Akhirah? Because this is how the Sahaba they used to think. Didn't Umar al-Khattab and Abu Bakr al-Siddiq used to compete with one another? To gain good deeds, to give in charity for example? Abu Bakr al-Siddiq was the first to do everything, the first to accept Islam, the first to call others to Islam. But also, more importantly, he was the first when it came to actions. And this is the key thing for us, our actions. Look at others that are better than you maybe. Others that are maybe, let's say, are doing more. Maybe not better, but let's say are doing more. Maybe they give more in charity. Maybe they fast more. Maybe they are attending a class. Maybe they always pray their fard in the masjid, for example. And look at that person, somebody that you know, and take them as competition. To get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because this is what it comes down to. Your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the third thing we will mention about Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa in fact, he mentioned that one day there was a, a cat. And there was a lady who caged up this cat. And the Prophet sallallahu said that she's deserving to be in Jahannam or deserve to be punished because, of, because she caged up a cat. Another example, the Prophet said a, a woman who used to sell her body, she gave a dog some water. Because of this, she was forgiven for her sins. This is the example of relationships that we have with animals. So how about relationship with other humans? How much of a greater severity is it there? Now, when we look at the relationship between the Prophet and Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, one day, the Prophet he came to the house of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. And he said that, I have been given news that I'm going to be making hijrah. And when he went there, at the time of the Prophet the only person that was there was Aisha anha. And Aisha anha said that, I would have never believed that a person would have cried out of happiness until I saw Abu Bakr as-Siddiq cry that day. When the Prophet said that he can go with him. And when we look at the deeds that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq himself used to do, for example, competing with people, competing with Umar al-Khattab to feed an elderly woman on the outskirts of the city. Who was the one that was first for action? Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. And when Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, he went with the Prophet So the Prophet he came to him and he said that I'm going to 
make hijrah. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq said, can I come with you? as suhba ya Rasulullah. And the Prophet said, yes. And then he started crying, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, crying out of happiness. They then went on their journey. And the Quraysh were chasing them, coming behind them to kill them. The journey was something which was dangerous. Something that which you wouldn't normally want to go on. Yet Abu Bakr al-Siddiq said, as suhba he said, I want to be with you, Ya Rasulullah. Until they went into a cave. And as Ibn Hisham mentions that, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq started tearing pieces of cloth to block, any, to block the holes that were in the cave. So that no insects would come out and hurt them. Until the Prophet fell asleep on the lap of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. And an, an insect, a scorpion, bit the foot of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. So painful was it that tears were rolling down his cheek. But he didn't make a sound. He didn't want to wake the Prophet up. This is the love he had for the Prophet And now we fast forward a bit to the day the Prophet he passed away. Umar ibn Khattab was in shock. It was a Monday. He said that I will cut the hands and the legs of anyone who has said that the Prophet has died. This hadith collected by Ibn Hisham. Imam Qurtubi said that it was the greatest calamity ever was the death of the Prophet No more prophethood, no more Qur'an. What was happening on this day? On this day, the companions, they didn't know what to do at that time. They were in shock. Aisha mentions that Abu Bakr al-Siddiq came riding on his horse from his house to the house of Aisha and he dismounted and he entered into the masjid. He didn't speak to anybody until he came to her room and he went to see the Prophet who was covered up with a blanket and Abu Bakr al-Siddiq he uncovered his face he knelt down beside the Prophet and he kissed him and he said he said that you are pure when you are alive and you are pure even when you have passed away and then he turned to the companions and he said that whoever worshipped Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa then know that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has died. And whoever worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hayyun la yamut that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is alive and Allah will never die. And this is Abu Bakr al the leader. And then at that time he recited a verse to the, in the Quran. A verse in the Quran. That the Sahaba, they, when they heard it, they started reciting it and reciting it and reciting it. Until some of the narrations say that there was nobody in the area until they were reciting it. Umar al-Khattab said that, Wallahi, he swore by Allah, that when Abu Bakr al-Siddiq recited this verse, my feet it could not hold me anymore. He said, I fell to the ground. This hadith oh, I mentioned in Fatah bari This is the effect the Quran had on their hearts. That Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, when he mentioned this verse, that when the Prophet Muhammad has passed away and there were prophets that have passed away, would you leave Islam? Would you leave worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? No. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, the person the Prophet loved more than anybody else in terms of being somebody who is a man. We learn three things from him as to how we can have this great love for the Prophet Number one is when we look at our hearts, our Iman. What are we doing with our Iman? How are we increasing our Iman? Number two, externally, the relationship we have with others around us. 
Look at Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, his relationship with others around him, his relationship with the companions, his relationship with, for example, those that may be of different faiths, his relationship when it came to helping poor people. And number three, look at your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is it that you, know, you compete with in terms of your ibadah? Who is it that you compete in terms of your relationship with uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Just as the Sahaba, they used to compete with one another. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq used to compete with Umar al-Khattab, for example. We need to have people that we compete with in terms of our good deeds. Always being to try and pray our salah in the masjid. Always trying to be maybe in the front row. Always trying to maybe be in terms of our sadaqah, trying to be there. Always maybe trying to help others whenever we are, whenever it's possible. And this is how we'll build that love in our hearts. And the conversation that we mention here is the conversation that Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, the verse that he recited to the companions. And that verse that he recited in Surah Al-Imran, where he mentions that if the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam passed away, would you leave Islam or would you continue to worship Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? This verse here, the companions, they said that when they heard it from Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, it was as if their hearts had never heard it before. And this is how we need to make our relationship with the Qur'an. That we need to make our relationship so that the Qur'an it affects our heart. That we really have that, that, that trembling, really have that effect in our hearts when we hear the Qur'an. And the way we can do this is by understanding the Qur'an. Understanding what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us here in these verses. So here we come to an end, towards the end of this episode of uh, conversations in the Qur'an. And what we've described here today is a conversation that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq he had when he, uh, when the Prophet ﷺ passed away. And we mentioned a few things about why we mentioned this conversation and the importance of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq and his relationship that he had with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the relationship he had with the Prophet ﷺ. So we hope that inshallah you stay tuned with us for the next episode of Conversations in the Quran. Wa jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.